Hey guys, this is Nirmal Hansali and welcome to the Curiosec podcast. You're listening to part 2 of my interview with Vyoma Ajha. If you haven't heard the first one, you might want to do that. But if you're the sort of person who enjoys stories when they're said in puzzles, by all means, go ahead. So without much further ado, here's part 2. What about your decision to study abroad? Was there any pressure on you? I mean, you were doing something that was more research oriented and it wasn't the norm. So, did you face any pressure? Mhm. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I don't I I wouldn't say that there was any pressure on me to do that. I think by that point of time I you know, I think I was treating quite frankly i was treating the llm as you know as this little step which would help me pivot my way away from being you know a lawyer into much more of like a legal academic and you know Correct. and and somebody who could who could also sort of do policy relevant work and you know so i i i don't think that the idea of the llm or the thought of doing the llm was ever difficult or problematic uh, and um, i think my parents also were very supportive of the decision at that time because uh, you know uh, several years before that uh, my my father had also done a masters uh, degree and uh, and this is he had taken a sabbatical from working for 2 years to do a masters degree in uh, public administration and uh, so we had all as a family moved with him while he was studying for uh, for 2 years in uh, at McGill University in Montreal in Canada so i mean my brother and i of course we were we were very young i was probably like 9 or 10 at that point of time but but you know i mean as a family we we had sort of experienced that and you know and we you know we are or like i did have examples around me who were academically inclined and you know who had studied more and who had sort of pursued an ac- academic path so so that was never really uh, a challenge in terms of like you know <laughs> getting them to to understand why i wanted to do this and uh, and uh, you know and where i wanted to do it in fact uh, funnily enough i think my mother was probably one of <laughs> the few people who was just like why do you even have to do the clerkship you should have applied last year you know you should have gone straight from law school <laughs> and it actually took me a little bit of convincing to tell her that uh, no i think i think i need to be away from law school for like about a year to to find a reason to go back <laughs> you know so so of course no they have they've always been uh, very supportive and in fact I, i i should say that you know with the kind of uh, areas of interest that i had and you know with the kind of uh, work that i was trying to find and pursue what was challenging was uh, was not the decision to do it but what was challenging was the decision to stick to your guns about doing this okay. you know it was never hard to make a decision that oh this is what i want to do i think the harder uh, decision or the harder sort of questions that you're faced with come a little bit later because you know as a as a career and as a 
as a you know as 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 you look at the trajectory sticking to a career in policy or like research or uh, you know or even like environmental policy and research it just has a very very long gestation period it's it's one of those things where the rewards don't come soon you know or easily uh and this is rewards both in terms of you know monetary sort of compensation as well as you know recognition for your work so you really have to build up to it you know and and it can be and it can be a long process it it's not something where you know like 2 3 4 years down the line you're just like that's it like you know i i'm here i've arrived you know i'm making great money and so it takes it takes longer than that like you know i i feel that it takes much longer than that but you know once you once you reconcile yourself to that fact you know that that you are in this for the long run and it's not going to be short term gains it's not going to be short term rewards then you're fine you know then you're absolutely fine and there you really 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 need the support of you know your family your friends you know maybe even peers or mentors who you work with and you know who sort of in the same boat as you so i think that that sort of then becomes uh, the reward you know where where you have a support system that actually allows you and encourages you to pursue these things and uh, and you know of course as you go along the way you find more people like you you know you both are like working in the same kind of place and and you know you make new friendships and uh, you know you you have new mentoring relationships where you're probably working with people that you know that really uh, sort of vouch for you or sort of like you know um give you the inspiration to sort of go ahead and and uh, and and you know keep doing the kind of good work that you're doing so i think for me the again like i won't say there was any, ever any pressure or any problems but but you know that there there was definitely the stage where uh, you know where you where you have to tell yourself that uh, that it's all right to have you know chosen a path like this and uh, you know and if you're not too overly concerned with the uh, you know with with the kind of salaries your friends and law firms are drawing and if you're not too worried about you know like offsite vacations in in an island country and things like that then you're fine <laughs> then you're absolutely fine but uh, but you know but you do have some people you know who like even if you make this decision it's harder to stick to it and you know and somewhere along the way you you can you know succumb to you know just uh, doing something more run of the mill right like which is either easier or uh, or uh, you know or at least it, it's more rewarding uh, money wise and financially and all of that so so i think that that really is the 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 crux of the issue here is that you know those early years are are much harder than uh, than you know just joining a law firm straight out of law school uh but uh, but once you once you sort of start establishing yourself once you're a little sure of what what you're doing and you know once you once you reach that stage where you can pretty much uh you know do your own work and define your own work boundaries i think that's fantastic because and and for me that honestly has been the biggest um uh, 
sort of reward or like that is something i value the most i i truly value my time and you know the flexibility with my time the most because uh, you know like later on i remember like i was i was in a place where i was working you know 9:30 to 5:30 and i was very happy with my work you know my it was challenging it took me places i was traveling a lot because of it and traveling not just in india but traveling traveling abroad you know so so i think you know when when you reach that stage where you start seeing you know how your work is shaping up in different ways and you know and the kind of exposure that you have to people and places and ideas that that's when you start sort of feeling happy about your decision because that was also the same time when you know when it was hard to meet uh, you know some of your other friends who were stuck in office till like 1 am or 2 am or something you know and and no plans would get made before 11:30 pm at night and i'm just like yeah <laughs> this time won't work for me <laughs> you know so so you know so that's that like funny enough you know that's the stage when you start feeling happy about the the path that you have chosen because you're just like okay you know this is this is not so bad i mean sure i haven't made that much money sure that you know uh it's taken me a while to to really you know kind of be comfortable with my space and to own what i work and and all of that but uh, but it's you know it's 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 rewarding like by that time it's it's rewarding so i think uh, the the ability to to do the kind of work which gets you excited every day you know and uh, the sort of uh, the flexibility of time to do that is something which is which is one of the most attractive things about this uh, this line of work for me i feel personally yeah So you did your LLM in New York University and later on you went on to study in Stanford as well. Could you tell us a bit about how you ended up in Stanford and what do you think about the whole experience of studying in a completely different setup abroad? Yeah, yeah. So New York University happened uh, again for for the reason that it was one of the few places that was uh, offering at that point of time uh, <coughs> a specialization in environmental law llm and uh, it was also the year that uh, the copenhagen climate talks had just happened and sort of failed quite spectacularly like there was a lot of media coverage around it which is something i'd been following and uh, you know the, and there was this huge meeting international meeting where uh, you know you had countries coming together trying to shape what would be international climate change law and yet these negotiations feel spectacularly you know so so i think climate change and the idea of climate negotiations sort of really uh, uh that was the sort of entry point for me you know was, was sort of following those talks and seeing what happened there and and it was around the same time i was applying and you know and and nyu was actually offering uh courses on climate change law and policy on climate finance and and you know and they had a pretty strong focus on this new emerging field uh within international law that was uh, that was really like you know grabbing eyeballs so so for me that was the decision to do the llm and <clears throat> going there uh studying there was a very very unique experience you know because um 
American law schools typically are very, very different from uh, from Indian law schools in terms of in terms of like just the way they structure their programs. Like you are doing something constantly. It's one of those places where you can't really afford to sit back and be like, oh, it's okay if I have to like listen to this in one or two classes. Like I can I can just like catch up during the exam season, you know. So that 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 was the huge departure you know here like if you if you missed out on a couple of classes or a couple of lectures or something you were really falling behind and and once you start catching up you can't catch up you know because then you're sort of missing out on what's happening then you know so that pace was very new for me and i think it took me a month or so to sort of adjust to that pace but uh, that pace was uh, was really i think the unique kind of departure from uh, from indian law schools but having said that one of the things that i realized and i and i maintain till date is that with indian law schools you are really really taught how to find things and you know and just like how to find laws and and, and just that sort of like analytical you know thinking so well like be it through you know be it through moot courts in class or like be it through other moot court experiences you have or even some of the ways in which you know some of the basic courses are taught where you're just like okay you know you have to wade through these laws you have to figure out how they're applied or like what case law is there and and then like get to what you're doing i think you know that basic training of how to find something how to apply it you know just seeing the case law and then sort of reaching your final analytical decision i think that is a very very strong feature of of indian law schools you know and and, and as much as you know <laughs> like as much as things have been portrayed as you know things are not great teachers are not great and you know like and there are issues i will admit that it's not entirely um, uh you know sort of uh, the picture isn't entirely rosy but i think that sort of basic training where you have where you can just tackle anything it really holds you in good stead in in uh, in in the sort of foreign universities as well you know because one of the things that i i felt was that you know a lot of people from a lot of other countries as well like they may not have or they are not as comfortable going outside their area of experience you know all work uh, and 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 things are just like very very new you know but i feel that you know the the law students or like people who come from indian law schools they're just there is no there's no fear of tackling the new you know because you've done so many different things through law school you've done so many different topics and subjects and all of that and and maybe that's just a function of how bar council has like you know prescribed our course syllabus where you're doing so many things that you just you you're ready to tackle anything you know so that i think was great like seeing that and you know so even like new things and new topics and new subjects you know like that basic training kind of keeps you going you know so it's yeah and like substantively of course there are differences but uh, but yeah so that was that was one um, huge difference between between the two and um, and yeah and of course like the road to stanford from there was uh, a bit long and winding in the sense that after nyu i i went to work in geneva for a while because i got one of the 
uh, I won one of the fellowships from NYU that year, which placed me with uh, the International Institute for Sustainable Development, that's IISD. Okay. And I went to their Geneva office and... Uh, and uh, spent a few months working on international investment treaties and, you know, issues of sustainable development within international investment treaties. So that exposed me to a whole new line of work, which was international investment law. And uh, I had up until then, of course, you know, had a core focus on WTO trade, as well as climate change uh, law and policy. I picked up, you know, the sort of tools for that uh, while at my, you know, through my time at NYU, and uh, and you know, my time at IISD sort of opened another kind of world of uh, of law and policy, where uh, you know, climate change was uh, slowly becoming more relevant. You know, where uh, where you suddenly had more and more thinking about how investment treaties either constrain or promote. Uh, you know, environmental sustainable development or climate mitigation goals uh, in, in in countries. So I think that that was a pretty unique experience. And, and you know, my decision was always to come back uh, after NYU. So, so having spent those months in Geneva, like the next step uh, for me was really to come back to was to come back to India, and one of the reasons for that was that, you know, one of the most uh, sort of, uh, you know, or like one of the biggest fields, um, or like one of the biggest spaces for that kind of work, for policy-relevant work on climate change, was actually in India because you know it there's there's a lot which has been happening in the US the Europe is of course you know not without the people who do this kind of work yeah. but in India it's still a very small community you know and uh, there were very few people notable uh, people who were doing this work so for me one of the things was always to come back and you know and find a kind of place where I could do something which would contribute to this line of work and things like that and then luckily enough I have been um, you know I I, I was uh, I was working in places where I was working with people whose work and whose writings inspired me and then I was working with them so then they were my bosses so it was it was a great experience to to come back to work in that space to work with uh, people who inspired you and then became your mentors and um, you know and and then also being exposed to, um, you know, the, this kind of workplace, which was, you know, more in the mold of a policy think tank, research institution, you know, spending a few years there also gave me a sense that, um, you know, it that I was, uh, like, if I were to, to grow in the space, I would necessarily um, have to knock at the doors of academia once again and okay. uh, you know so, so, so spending more and more time I realized that the next uh, sort of natural progression would be pursuing my doctoral studies and, uh, and, and, and truly sort of you know finding my niche uh, as, as an expert, as a researcher, as you know as somebody who could be uh, a relevant voice in the sort of broader climate change community uh, in India. So, so, so for me, those uh, years of work experience were really 
uh, helpful in, in, in sort of, you know, bringing me back um, into academia and uh, into, uh, you know, into sort of applying again for my doctoral studies. So Stanford was a was a result of that and one of the one of the reasons it became uh, the places i applied to i i must admit i would i would have never applied to this place um, if i hadn't really moved here so i got married sometime in 2015 and my husband works uh, in the san francisco bay area so i sort of moved here at that point of time and uh, took a couple of months off uh, where I was, you know, working remotely, wrapping up some of my old uh, work assignments and things like that, and uh, and then also sort of figuring out uh, where to apply. So for me, the natural uh, the natural decision was to go back to NYU, to go back to NYU for their JSD program and apply for that. But uh, but while I was here, I actually sort of met a couple of people and I, I found out about Stanford and. And uh, their program called SPILS, which is the Stanford Program in International Legal Studies. And what was very unique about this is that it is one of the few, perhaps the only places, which has a very strong focus on interdisciplinary work and empirical work. You know, and having come from the policy sort of arena and doing policy-relevant work for a few years... Uh, you know, the the fact that this doctoral program, even though it's in the law school, uh, it actually allows you to cross disciplines and do more policy-relevant work and to really find your niche as, as an academic. I think that, to me, was very exciting. So, of course, it meant that, you know, I applied to the SPILS program, which would have meant another year <laughs> of a master's degree. And then from within the SPILS program, they they choose their JSD candidates or they choose their doctoral candidates. So ordinarily, they will have a cohort of about 10 to 12 people, from which about three to four will make it to the actual doctoral program. And, uh, and the doctoral program is also unique in that only candidates who are in the SPILS program can apply to the doctoral okay. program, so it end up so it so it essentially ended up being a two step, uh, two step process to to reach uh, the doctoral to reach the doctoral years, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, but but it was extremely rewarding uh, because uh, again, once again, I was uh, I was working with somebody, uh, and you know, he was my advisor through through all of last year, whose work and you know whose books i've read so that was uh, you know that was uh, extremely uh, rewarding about my time here and 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 still is continues to be so so yeah so that somehow you know and uh, so i think uh, hearing about stanford hearing about this program and then deciding that okay let's, sure let's let's give it a shot i i applied here it it worked out for me uh, and uh, and I have been here since uh, 2016 September. So since since then I'm I'm um, I've been sort of back in school and back in academia. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's where I am right now. And uh, yeah, let's see where <laughs> where else uh, or like what next. So. How do you go about researching in a field like 
climate change environmental law like what do you do there right now mm-hmm. how do you approach your research mm-hmm. what sort of plans do you make so one of the things that is very unique like i said about the program is that it has a very strong empirical focus and by that what i mean is that you know you're either doing uh some kind of qualitative or quantitative uh, uh research uh, where you're employing one of the methodologies to collect your own data and then to analyze your own data and and you know and sort of reach your analysis and uh, and, uh, and 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 write you know and, and and come up with something new So through my spills year which was last year I I focused a lot on interview based research so my my research uh, involved meeting a lot of people talking to a lot of people to understand or to really sort of unpack the broader uh, political economy questions around the sort of topic that I was interested in and even now I am uh, I am equally sort of excited to do more of qualitative research so so i think on to your question of like what does research involve is one is of course knowing your field in depth and 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 really knowing what uh you know what's been written what's been done uh, and and where are the gaps truly which you want to fill and and you know and wh- what where are the spaces where you will contribute so one step of you know the research is really knowing your space and the second step is really um, is exploring new ways in which you can you can you know answer the kind of questions that you're interested in and uh, and and you know and and create a plan for that you know so your your typical day is uh, <laughs> i should start with saying that it's supposed to be a highly self motivated day so you know a lot of this research and a lot of how you are motivated to do it sort of depends on how you define uh, your own deadlines your own goals your own boundaries because even if you have advisors and even if you're working with people you are responsible for pretty much everything that you're doing like all the time you know so there is uh, there is going to be no exam or there is going to be no submission where somebody is just like you're above time you know you're like 5 minutes past the deadline where's the draft <laughs> so you know so there are yeah so i mean it's literally it's like even even if you have advisors and even you have some kind of an accountability ultimately you're accountable to yourself so so a typical day has to be highly self motivated and it involves um, anything from reading to writing to attending meetings to attending workshops uh you know to to also having off days where you know where where there's absolutely no new idea in your mind and you're just like what am i doing <laughs> so so it's a mix of all of that it's it's an entire mix of all of that it's uh, it's also about finding your discipline with uh, you know with with actually uh demarcating your life a little bit you know because there's so much of uh, when you're pursuing a doctoral program there's such um, a great likelihood that that your research becomes your life so you also have to be very conscious about demarcating you know your research from your life so you have to do your normal things you have to go about you know uh, 
finding your own routine with uh, meeting people or socializing or just like cooking and you know exercising or yoga and so so there's you know so it's a it's a pretty um, it's a pretty uh, interesting phase i would say in my life because you know i i'm not new to deliverables and deadlines and and you know and the pace of work because you sort of go through that entire gamut while you're working while i was in my llm year while i was doing my clerkship and all of that but all of a sudden here when when you are the boss of your doctoral years it's a very strange space <laughs> because uh, it entirely depends on you like it literally and entirely depends on you so so yeah so i mean that that that's sort of like a typical day and that's how you go about your research of course i mean the technicalities of you know the research and everything is is much wider and you know you 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 really i mean you have to wade through a bunch of things to sort of refine your thoughts and like you know clarify your arguments and and uh, and write you know i think i think the key to something like this to pursuing this is really the discipline to write you know and uh, and that's something for anybody who's who's wanting to even think about something like this or or to pursue this line of work is that you know you have to find a passion to write you know i i didn't have that i you know there are still days when i'm unsure whether i'm really passionate about writing but i enjoy it i enjoy writing i i i like the process it's you know it's it's just something that i have come to really enjoy over the years and you know and now that uh, now that i'm in this phase of uh, you know sort of pushing myself to to do more and to write more it's uh, it's also something which is going to test my my abilities a little bit so so yeah it's 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 really about you know finding out what uh, what you're made up of and you know what all you can you can handle and you can do so let's see yeah but uh, but uh, that's pretty much what uh, what the research is yeah earlier you said that when you are working on something like climate change or environmental law you need to tell yourself that it's going to have a long gestation period that your efforts will be fulfilling only in the long run but how do you actually do that because when you work on something like climate change you don't really know about what's really happening around you you don't really see any tangible benefits you don't know if people are going to make the right policy decisions or you don't really know what's happening in situations like this how do you motivate yourself to work on climate change or environmental law for that matter well you know for me quite frankly uh, you know what you sort of described in your question is the biggest challenge is like what do you do when people are indifferent to a field like this or to you know to issues like this exactly how do you keep yourself motivated for me that is my biggest um, sort of motivation you know that is something that actually excites me the most is that is that people are apathetic or is that they're indifferent is like you know where can you through your work uh you know change either the minds or the perceptions of people or policy makers or you know businesses or companies uh, about the kind of issues that they will face as a result of climate change so for me that indifference is actually you know the breeding ground for all my work quite truly you know so it is getting that level of 
awareness and uh, you know sort of education across where you you are able to convince people through your work through your writing through your efforts that 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 is something which needs attention so so you know so so despite you know the fact that things are not uh, entirely tangible i won't say that they're you know intangible completely because uh, because there are a lot of things happening which you can see you know you you can see the progress which is being made like just for instance i mean one anecdote which i should give is that when i was in jodhpur and when i was studying there uh you know i had never come across or even thought about issues of uh, renewable energy for example right i mean it was never it was never a field which was plausible enough or it, it was just sort of you know wise enough to get into and now in the last 10 years that is one of the biggest and most emerging sectors of work in india and jodhpur itself is an example of that because now when you drive out of jodhpur you know just like a couple of hundred of kilometers and you are surrounded by fields and fields and fields of wind farms you know so that to me you know that literal change in landscape you know both sort of literally and figuratively is something which is you know it's just truly fascinating to me and 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 that's something which i think you know is uh, is what i see when you know when i say that things happen it's a little bit of a long term investment <laughs> you know things things won't happen overnight uh, it'll it'll take it it'll take some time to happen but the fact that there's so much opportunity and there's so much scope to 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 affect change and and you know and to change policies and to and to bring about the right kind of policies and and to like wipe away that indifference there's so much scope for that 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 really keeps me going and and for me i personally have always tried to do it uh, in two ways one is of course working in that space and the second has been teaching you know teaching is something which uh, which really emerged as a as as a very uh, unique unique uh, sort of experience and uh, and something which now i truly cherish and i really enjoy doing that so of course i you know i haven't taught in a in a little while but i'm hoping to get back to it uh, soon but i did uh, a visiting faculty stint in uh, nlu delhi where i designed and taught uh, two courses on climate change law and policy as well as international economic law and uh, and it was an extremely rewarding process for me because when i when i offered it for the first time and this was sometime in 2014 uh, i i wasn't really sure how many people would sign up for a course like climate change law and policy you know it's it's an odd course it's an odd seminar course to have in a law school and uh, and and you know the but the enthusiasm and the appetite for a course like this was something that really really amazed me you know and and i taught it a second time round as a result of that so you know so for me you know truly like in my in my space in my own way that is something which which really excites me is the ability to to you know not just work in that space but also be teaching it in a way that you know that can get more people uh, perhaps you know interested in pursuing uh, a career of this sort or or a career in this and now you know the way 
climate change has evolved as as a challenge i should also add that it is not only a problem of of the environment right or it is not only a problem that you know that somebody who's interested in the environment should be concerned with it's it's actually a problem which is going to affect everybody so you know it's not just the environmental activists who are going to be talking about climate change issues now you have businesses you have banks you have you know uh, you have uh, technology companies you have uh, you have governments around the world who are talking about climate change across disciplines and across areas that you know nobody had really imagined would happen you know so it's not so for me i feel that climate change is something that that is so all encompassing now right because its impacts are such that it's not going to spare anybody you know so if there is any city or if there is any place which comes in the forefront of climate change you have every kind of process and every kind of institution in that place which is going to be impacted by it you know so there's so there's no one sector which is truly immune from the impacts of climate change you know now it's not just the environmentalists problem now it's the problem of people who are in agriculture you know it's the problem of people who are in industry you know for instance for instance electric vehicles you know so if you're talking about electric cars what about the traditional auto industries you know you think they won't have a problem with this switch you know so so there's just so many different kinds of issues that you have to unpack when you're talking about climate change policies so it's uh, you know so it 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 really it challenges you to think across disciplines it challenges you to think across uh, you know people and actors who you know who it will affect and who can affect change so it it really is uh, you know as as a career choice it is actually something which you know somebody with a law degree somebody with a science degree somebody with a business degree somebody with uh, you know somebody with a architecture degree can actually be working on you know it is it is the kind of space that that will have work and will have issues for everybody to grapple with so yeah so for me that is that continues to be the motivation despite you know how unfortunate some of the the recent sort of things have been in this space and you know and uh, and just sort of the recent leadership decisions have been yeah. around the issue of climate change yeah a couple of things more so do you have any future plans like have you figured out what to do after pursuing your phd do you know what you want to do or are you still weighing that option out Well, I don't have immediate future plans because I'm still a little while away from the completion of my of my sort of doctoral program. So I'm still a couple of years away. Uh but uh, but I mean broadly speaking, I would say that I will be working. <laughs> I don't know where exactly, but I will certainly be working at uh, you know, at the interface of uh sort of you know policy relevant work as well as academia so i hope to be doing the kind of work i've been involved in so far where you know you're working with people across the world and you know on projects which are current and cutting edge and dynamic and i also hope to be teaching and i certainly hope to be doing that um, in india 
so for me a lot of a lot of the way i have worked and designed my work and sort of you know continue to pursue my work a lot of it is within india focus and um, and and teaching in india is something that is that is uh, yeah it's it's certainly in my long term plan so yeah and and maybe <laughs> if things go for plan i might even come back to jodhpur and teach for like a visiting stint or something of that sort let's go back there but later. Uh, but <laughs> yes but uh, but no but i certainly i mean um, long term i would uh, i would definitely hope to be working in india uh, and uh, on these uh, similar issues and uh, yeah let's see let's see what's in store as i as i say and as something that i've kind of uh, you know followed uh, sort of through my life in a sense like i read this i read this quote like ages ages ago now i think sometime in in school like either 9th or 10th and it and it's something that stayed with me which went that map your future but always in pencil you know so and and i'm just like that is that is perfect <laughs> so you should have plans you should always have plans you know never be a lost uh, wayward soul <laughs> but uh, but do it in pencil because you always need to be prepared for whatever is in store so so yeah so let's see what's next <laughs> just one last question yeah mhm if you had the chance to do over some things in your life what would you do differently yeah. or would you do anything differently <laughs> would i do anything differently well i should clarify by saying that i don't have any regrets because i i usually tend to not have regrets about anything <laughs> and uh, and this is this is just a what if scenario but if i had gotten different advice uh if if somebody had told me about you know not doing an llm and instead doing a masters in uh, in either public policy or even an mba or something of that sort i may have listened to that and and i may have done my first mas- masters differently okay. but having said that i <laughs> i don't regret doing the llm because it truly i mean you know although the llm is not the best degree to help you branch into the policy space it it is a bit of an uphill task even after an llm because uh, you know L- the llm is just uh, and and i could go on for another podcast about how <laughs> <laughs> the llm is not the degree you want to do if you want to be working in the policy in uh, sort of research space but uh but having said that i mean it 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 truly opened up a lot of opportunities for me and you know it took me f- to do the things that i've done and i won't do any of them any differently and and yeah and and you know it it's kind of what led me to come back here uh, i mean to come here to stanford and and that truly is uh, is uh, is is quite a quite a sort of happy achievement and you know it's 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 an opportunity that i'm trying to make the most of and uh, yeah but if i were to do things slightly differently and and i don't know how my career would have shaped up i don't know what trajectory my life would have taken after an mpp or something like that but maybe i could have done that differently at that point <laughs> well thank you so much bioma thanks a lot for coming on the show and telling us your whole journey about like doing the lm pursuing climate change and i hope you change 
the indifferent minds that you're trying to do through your research <laughs> thank you so much nirmal thank you so much for inviting me for this podcast it was it was really great talking to you and uh, you know if anybody ever hears this and is thinking about you know this the space for any kind of work or you know or sort of uh, any kind of study then uh, you know they should they should absolutely reach out to me and i'll be happy to talk to them more about you know everything i've done and everything that i hope to continue to do so thank you thank you so much Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to the multi-part conversation with Vyomacha. I'm really grateful to her and I must sincerely thank her for agreeing to come on the podcast. As always, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Apple and make sure that you write to us and tell us what you think about the show because that's really important. And also what's important is to share this episode and stay tuned for more and more episodes. Thanks a lot for listening to Curious Act. Mm-hmm.